Welcome to a live preaching message from Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan, New York. Lighthouse Chapel International Manhattan is the Apache branch of the Lighthouse Chapel International Churches in the United States of America, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively for present-day living. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation of Bible-based instruction to our church members to equip them to preach and teach the gospel wherever they might be. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. The pulpit. And you, 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 you sometimes, you, I think you don't have an idea what it takes to walk up here and then to walk back to their seat. So, you should appreciate them before you have something to do. Amen. Amen. Shall we pray over the offering? Father, we thank you for this offering, and we pray that you bless it for your use in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's been a while since I had to preach. I, 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 I didn't want to hear Reverend Wright when he said I was preaching. <laughs> I was hoping he would say Reverend Joe was preaching. But he, I, I mean, so I thought, I, then I said, no, it's Reverend Joe. He said, no, I didn't say Reverend Joe. I said, So, shall we pray? Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you that it is a privilege to preach your word. I thank you that your word is what we need as believers to make us strong. Your word says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. So, Father, this morning, I pray that your word will bring light and your word will bring life, and your word will bring direction. I pray that your word will accomplish that for which you sent it. I pray that your word will have free course in this place. I come against every spirit that is lifted up against your word. I lift up your word in this place. I lift your word up higher than any imagination and any thought and any evil in the name of Jesus. I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Um, for the next couple of weeks, you will have to bear with my preaching because Reverend is in Accra at a church conference. And I believe that the Holy Spirit will be good to us and that the Holy Spirit will still speak because his word is his word. It doesn't mind, matter the vessel that is before you. If you, you, you are listening for his word, you will hear his word. I want to share with you a short message entitled Others. It's actually not a short message, but I have to compress it today. And then, God willing, next week it will kind of uh, merge with International Sunday as well. So the title of my message is Others. If you listen to Bishop Dark regularly, you will know that it's one of his favorite things uh, that he likes to preach about others because our natural self makes us think only about ourselves. We are innately selfish beings, all of us. It is only the Holy Spirit. The more of the Holy Spirit we have in us, then we think about others. So this morning we want to talk about others. One of the best examples in the Bible um, of someone who thinks of others is Esther. Esther is someone who thought about others. So in the next couple of weeks, we are going to learn from Esther what it takes 
to remember others, to do good to others. Throughout the book of Esther, you notice that she's a humble person. You notice that she's someone who can live in the community and depend on other people. We sometimes we wish we can depend only on ourselves. You know, if you could depend on yourselves, if you can depend on only yourself, you get a chance to be nasty to everyone else. You get me? Because if I don't need you, why do I have to be nice to you? If I don't need you, why do I have to forgive you? If I don't need you, why do I have to love you? It runs through every relationship. If you can depend on someone else, it's easier to love them. It's easier to forgive them. It's easier to do to them what God has asked you to do to them. And that's one of the things that Esther knew. So she could live with others. She was an orphan and she could live with her uncle. She was, uh, her uncle sent her to the castle and she could do what the court custodian said. She could live with others. She could do what others said. She could do what was necessary for her people. She, that, that theme of, I'm not an island. I need other people. I need Jesus, I need God, I need the people around me. But if you left it to some of us, we'd like to be able to do everything. You get me? Can you imagine if you can preach and play the piano, you can sing, you can operate the stuff in the back, you can do everything. You don't have to be nice to anybody. You don't have to pray that. Even, even, even Jesus said that we should pray that the Lord will send forth laborers into his harvest. But we, if you leave it to us, no. I want to be the one great person in the system. I can preach. I can pray. I can play the instruments. I can play the drums. I can play the, uh, the organ. I can um, do what they do in the back. I can record the message. When everybody comes, you are the star. You get me? You are the, you are the main person. Then you will understand why the celebrities in Hollywood have the problems they have. Because when you are the star, it also breeds in you a certain pride, a certain inability to deal with others, a certain... And God never made us to be that way. We're supposed to, as Christians, we're supposed to think about others. Jesus Christ thought about us. That's why he could leave heaven and come down on earth and die for our sins. He didn't have to come. He was the only son of God, but he did. And one of the best examples of that in the Bible is Esther. So turn with me in your Bible to the book of Esther. We are reading from chapter 1. We are reading from chapter 1 and we are reading verses 1 through 12, I believe. Um, I need to be timed in the back. It's a very long message and I have to continue next week. But if you don't time me, I'll, I'll forget. I haven't done this in a while, so um, my rhythm is probably off. Esther chapter 1 and verse 1. So it's, please, is someone timing me? I don't see... Uh, okay, thank you. Now it came to pass in the days of Ahasuerus. This was the Ahasuerus which reigned from India even unto Ethiopia over 107 and 20 provinces. Verse 2. I'm reading to, to 12. So that in those days when the king Ahasuerus sat on the throne of his kingdom which was in Shushan, the palace. I'm reading till verse 12, please. So, okay. In the third year of his reign, he made a feast unto all his princes and his servants, the power of Persia and Media, the nobles and princes of the provinces before him. 
when he showed the riches of his glorious kingdom and the honor of his excellent majesty many days, even an hundred and four score days. That's 180 days. He was having a party. And when these days were expired, the king made a feast unto all the people that were present in Shushan, in Shushan the palace, both unto great and small, seven days in the court of the garden of the king's palace, where were white, green, and blue hangings fastened with cords of fine linen and purple to silver rings and pillars of marble. The beds were of gold and silver upon a pavement of red and blue and white and black marble. And they gave drink in vessels of gold, the vessels being diverse from one another, and royal wine in abundance according to the state of the king. And the drinking was according to the law, none did compel, for so the king had appointed to all the offices of his, officers of his house that they should do according to every man's pleasure. And also Vashti the queen made a feast for the woman in the royal house which belonged to King Ahasuerus. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded Mehuman, Bista, Harbona, Bikta, and Abakta, Zetha, and Karkas, the seven chamberlains that served in the presence of Ahasuerus the king, to bring Vashti the queen before the king with the crown royal, to show the people and the princess her beauty, for she was fair to look on. But the queen Vashti refused to come at the king's commandment by his chamberlains. Therefore was the king very wroth, and his anger burned in him. Um, short and, I mean, the, sh the end of that, all of that is that he had a grand party for several days. And when he had had this grand party for several days, and when his, the Bible says that when his heart was merry with wine, he'd been drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. And the, I mean, in the Bible, we know that the Bible talks about who, who is filled with the Spirit. That being filled with the Spirit is like someone who tarries at wine for a long time. And I'm told by the people who have drunk before and by <laughs> that, the longer you are at it, the more it has an effect on you. And that makes sense, right? I mean, the longer you've been in something, then the longer, the more it's going to have an effect on you. So when it had had the full effect on him, then he sent seven of his top aides to go and bring Queen Vashti. And she was having a women's meeting, so she also said that she was not going to show up. And somebody will say, if we are going to talk about Esther, why are we talking about Vashti? Because you cannot really understand Esther unless you understand who her predecessor was. You have to understand what had happened before her, before you understand who Esther was and how great she was. Because sometimes we live our lives as though nothing has gone before us. This is one of Bishop's favorite stories for showing everyone that it doesn't matter what you do, it doesn't matter what position you hold, that you can always be replaced. You get me? And, 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 and um, it's something that we should all understand. When you understand this, it helps you to be humble. It uh, can sound very annoying depending on how you're feeling that day or depending on how your relationship is going or depending on how your marriage is going. 
you shouldn't be annoyed with me at all. I'm as much a woman as you are, and it's in the Bible, and we are all. And even the men can learn that everybody can be replaced. It's, it's the word of God. That's what we are reading. So, the thing about Vashti is that she's so easy to condemn. Because, you see, every time you are hearing a story, <laughs> you are outside the story. And you are hearing the story. So, it's always easy to condemn the person in the story. But sometimes, some of the, some of the, some of the stories we tell, some other people who are also listening to the story we are telling, can, because they are also watching you, they can also see Vashti in you. You, you get me? From the story you are telling. The same way you and I are reading today, Vashti sounds so unreasonable. She sounds so unreasonable. I, I think, I mean, when, when, when um, I think recently I heard Bishop say in one of the messages, he, Bishop preaches about Esther a lot. So, and sometimes when he's preaching about Esther, I'm wondering, I, I never saw that, but I can see it when he says it. And he's used a term in Ghana called, I mean, Onapo. I mean, Onapo is loosely translated as, uh, you won't get, or I don't know how to put it. I mean, would you even be granted the opportunity? You see that? It's like, what is, um, you won't, I don't know, somebody help me. How, do, how is the best way to translate Onapo? You wish, yes, you wish. You, you, you wish you would be there. Yeah, that's, that's a better way of translating Onapo. You wish. You get me? You, you, yeah. So it's an, in the lighthouse this day, they say it's an onapos. It means that you wish. You get me? So let's, let's describe Vashti's problem. Vashti's problem is that hey, she's married to a great man. You wish. Vashti's problem is that he's had the party for a long time. You wish. That, I mean, that's bishops. You see, and I had never heard that interpretation of the scripture. And, and you wish, because that's, that's her problem number two. The party is going on for too long. Ah, if we have invited the people, we said, you said they were coming for one week. Now they are staying for two weeks. Why? Sometimes, when, I mean, your, your husband says, these people are coming. How long are, when are they leaving? My husband doesn't like hearing such questions. When are they leaving? I, I, I feel that I need to ask, when are they leaving? Because otherwise, how can I plan? If the person is coming for three days... You get what I'm saying? It's different from if the person is staying for two weeks. But you see, when I, as I listen to Bishop, you begin to understand. It, it, Lady Reverend has always said, don't ask. Just assume that you will be told when they will leave. Because when you ask, even though you, you say you are asking because you are planning, you sound as though you are asking because you don't want the guests. Because according to my husband, depending on who is coming, you don't ask when are they leaving. Because it depends on who is coming. If you like the guests, you don't ask when they are leaving. If you don't like the guests so much, I mean, the sisters can understand what I'm saying. If you don't like the guests so much, you are wondering, how long do I have to, you know, hang around these people? And what can I, how many times can I plan to be out of the house? You know, you can arrange some visits. I have a friend, someone went to visit them. A senior pastor went to visit her and her husband. He said he never saw her and it's deliberate. <laughs> it's a deliberate, so I learned from her Sometimes, some of the, I admit, I learned from her that depending on who it is, you can also not be there. I mean, it's when he comes out, his food is on the table. And then the person is out. Then when, when you need to eat, there will be food on the table. But to see my face and let's have this conversation. I le- when I heard that thing, I learned a bad lesson, but I learned it. You must be careful what you are teaching by what you say. He never met her. He has never been back to her house. So I said to myself, maybe people come back because 
I show up all the time and chat a lot. But you see, he shouldn't be learning bad things. I'm supposed to learn good things. So once I made a mistake, Apostle Joe was saying something, I made a mistake of telling him that if it was this other person, when they don't see her in her house, they Apostle Joe was saying, what a bad example to follow. It's a very big mistake. Okay, so where were we? So we're talking about Vashti and how easy it is to criticize her. You get me? So the, her problem, we, we are trying to sort out her problems. The greatness of the person she's married to. The length of the days the people are staying. Then to top it all, okay, you have agreed. I'm changing my clothes. I am also trying to have a meeting at the same time. Because you see, when you are busy at the same time, it makes the waiting easier. When you are not busy, you start getting irritated. You start noticing things you shouldn't notice because you are not busy. So at least she was having a meeting. Then in the midst of the meeting, he won't leave it alone. Because men usually don't leave things alone. They have pushed. We have moved six inches. Then we have moved one foot. Then we have gone a little further. They, don't, they, they, they typically don't leave things alone because they move on quite fast, I find. I mean, things are always changing. There's always some new idea new project. By the time you are getting used to this way of doing things, we have moved to another level of doing the thing. So you can understand, if, if you are a wife, you can understand Vashti. So we have now, it's not just the party. Now it's for a long time. Mind you, it's not a party at which as Bishop says, she can just come and manifest. Sometimes you just want to manifest. You just want to come wearing whatever you feel like wearing. It's not that kind of, depending on, because of who she's married to, she can also do that. So it's going on and on and on. Then he sends the seven chamberlains. What message are they bringing? She should, what, did he, what did he want her to do? Yeah, so let's, let's go to verse 10. On the seventh day, when the heart of the king was merry with wine, he commanded the seven chamberlains that served in his presence, verse 11, to bring Vashti the queen before the king with the crown royal, to show the people and the princes her beauty, for she was fair to look on. Now look at the reason for which he's having her brought. He's not having her brought to come and give any speech, to come and uh, show in the, in, the, in the church of God, he says, come and bring any revelation, to come and introduce her to anybody. It's, if you, if you, when you watch the royal family in the UK, they don't bring out the crown every time. They don't bring the crown to every tea party. They have all these tea parties. They go to Ascot. They wear hats for uh, <laughs> they wear hats for ask the race horse racing events. They wear hats for um, weddings. They wear hats for a lot of functions. They wear hats. I've probably never seen any the queen on TV without a hat before. So, um, why your friends have come? We've been ha you've been having a party for so many days. Now, I shouldn't, you just should dress up and then come with the crown. A crown must be very heavy. A crown is meant for uh, coronations and really, really special occasions. You hardly, unless there's something really special and old and traditional going on in the UK, you won't find the queen wearing her crown. Wear it for really, really special, like her 60th anniversary. Then you see the crown. Then the, you see on CNN how expensive the crown is and how heavy it is. Then they'll show you when it was first put on her when she was 22 or something. You don't just bring out crowns. You don't, but a man who has been drinking. But you see, the fact that he has been drinking does not change his position. 
The fact that he has been drinking does not change the authority he has over you because you chose to say, I do. Because that's what I do. You see, it's not compulsory. You don't have to say it. I, 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 I used to tell the ladies in Newark, uh, daughter, you have a choice. It's a choice. It's a clear choice. You had it. Then you dressed up. Then you came to say, Lady Pastor, please, can I start marriage counseling? Then you say, when Lady Pastor is not available for marriage counseling, you chase me up. Lady Pastor, today we came. You were in there. It's, daughter, you have a choice. As of marriage, we all have a choice. We all had a choice. Or at least for those of you who have chosen already, you had a choice. If you haven't chosen before, uh, if you haven't chosen yet, then um, I'm, I'm informing you that it's a choice. That once you choose, then the fact that he has been drinking does not change the authority he has over your life. Do I wish it changed it? Yes, I do. Sometimes we all do. We all wish that sometimes, depending on what is going on, it changes what the word of God says about your obeying your husband. It's, it wouldn't be normal not to wish it sometimes. But something being normal doesn't make it Christian. Being normal doesn't make it the word of God. Uh, Lady Pastor, are you saying that so women should be abused? No, I am not saying that women should be abused. I am saying that, daughter, you either had a choice or you have a choice. It's one of the two things. And when it's getting too tough, your husband needs someone to talk to him, pray that somebody with the Holy Spirit will direct him aright. But you by yourself, taking things in your hands like Vashti, I refuse to come. One of the easiest things to do as a human being, I believe, is to say no. Have you seen how two-year-olds say no so easily when they learn the word? No. No. It's an expression of self-will. And if a two-year-old can say no, do you think that at our ages we all can say no to some of the things that we hear? There's a lot that I hear that I want to say no to. There's a lot that I hear that I want to say no to. There's a lot that every wife hears that she wants to say no to. There's a lot that every, even every husband hears that he also wants to say no to. Saying no is innate in human beings. It makes us in charge of ourselves. It makes us in charge of our own destiny. It means I don't have to do anything anybody says. But when you say no so often, then that's the Vashti in us. That's the Vashti. You are not a queen, but that's the spirit of Vashti. No. 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 The Bible says something, I mean, that wives should do something. Say, no. It doesn't matter how much it is preached. The answer is no. No, because I don't feel like it. No, because I don't want to learn. No, because I don't like it. No, because I won't do it. Can't do it. Won't do it. Shan't do it. Has no intention of changing. That's the whole, that's the whole thing. Yeah. 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 I, I, I'm not going. Your instruction is to go. Yeah, it's, I am not going. That's the easiest thing to say. A two-year-old can say no. Saying no is not an achievement unless it's saying no to the things the word of God says we should say no to. Saying no is no achievement. A Christian tends to have to say yes a lot to the Holy Spirit. So when, sometimes when you are really tempted very strongly to say no, remember Vashti. She refused. You see what? A refusal is a no. I refuse. I will not. I will not. 
I will not. Not with a capital. One of my friends says not all capitals, uppercase. <laughs> uppercase not. It's not just not. It's not uppercase. Uppercase N, uppercase O, uppercase T. I will not. That's Vashti. That's the spirit of Vashti. That is the spirit of Vashti. I will not come. The king says you should come. We should dress up, wear a crown. You get me? And Bishop says that, it, you see, what you should realize is that a replacement is available who doesn't find it a problem. They say 12 months for looking good. It's not a problem. 12 months for bathing in milk. It's not a problem. 12 months for oil being poured on your hair. It's not a problem. Nothing is a problem for the person. Nothing. Nothing is a problem for her. And you see, it looks easy what um, Esther was told to do in the long run. But we'll, we'll get there. But, so what, I'm, what, I'm, what I want to say before I move on is that Vashti was an expert at saying no. So when you are so great at saying no, just remember that as difficult, and I, and I understand. I understand more than you know. I've been a shepherd in this church for a long time. I've been a lady pastor in this church for a long time. I've been married 24 years and counting. I understand. I understand. I understand the temptation to say no. I understand that sometimes the temptation is so strong. But you see, no temptation has overtaken you or I. But such as is common to man. And God is faithful and he will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able. You see, he, he, God is faithful. He will not suffer you to, to, to I mean, he, will, he, will not, he won't allow it. So in every situation in your life, even if you are not a wife, even if you are single, even if you are a guy, I mean, in every situation where you feel that the temptation is too strong, God is not like that. He never lets you be tempted so much that you can't handle it. If the temptation is in front of you, you can handle it. If it is in front of you, you can handle it. You just have to keep on saying to yourself that the greater one is in me. The greater one is in me. The great, and you say it till you can actually feel it and you can actually live it. And sometimes we don't say it enough. And that's why we can't live it. And that's why we can't do it. Because the, 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 the God that we serve, he came on earth. He became a man. He rose from the dead. The Bible says that if the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, the spirit that can raise Christ from the dead is able to keep you and I saying yes when we need to say yes. He is able to. Anytime we can't do it, then we are not walking in that spirit. We are walking in the flesh. Every time I can't do it, I know. It's, I'm walking in the flesh. And then when you can do it, it's not a cause for pride. It's just the spirit of God. It's just his goodness and his mercy and his grace. I also want to say that in verse 13, the Bible goes on. It says, then the, then the king said to the wise men who understood the times. For this was the king's manner toward all who knew law and justice. Before I even get to the, the kid, I mean, you see, it says, verse 12 says, but Queen Vashti refused to come at the king's command brought by his eunuchs. Therefore, the king was furious and his anger burned within him. You see, then after the anger, you know, because sometimes some of us, we just, we just get angry. We get angry. After the, the Bible said his anger burned within him. He was furious. He was so furious. One of my friends said to me that she's not, she's never been afraid when a man is angry. 
because she never lived with men. So, you see, you are getting angry, it doesn't do anything to her. If you get angry, she will also get angry. Anger it just brings up anger. But if you had a strict dad, you realize that what that did for you is that when a man is angry, even when you are not being spiritual, it's not a spiritual thing. You just know to keep quiet. Even when you are not going to obey anything he's saying, you just know to keep quiet because you have lived with a man before. That's why one of the advantages of a girl who has a father. A girl who has a father who is strong enough to be a father. When a man raises his voice, she may not be about to obey you at all, but she just knows that it's time to keep quiet. It's not, it's not necessarily a spiritual thing. I tell some people, you don't have to feel cute about it. It's not, because sometimes the real change that has to come, you will not do and have not done and have no intention of doing, just that the disobedience is quiet. You get me? The, the, and, and as for God, like El Pianita was preaching this morning, he is looking on the heart. It's human beings, husbands included, who look on the outward appearance. But as for God, he looks on the heart. So God knows. You, 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 you get what I'm saying? So after he was furious, then he called for counsel. Some of us, we never ask for advice. We don't ask for counsel, or we ask for counsel in the wrong place. We don't know what wisdom, wisdom makes you strong. So, so some of us, we can never say that I would have done this, but this person said don't do it. We can never say that. There are times in my life that Lady Reverend has said to me, don't do it. You, 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 get me? you feel that you are justified in the course. And I call her and she says, do not, do not. It's an instruction from somebody who is barely two or three years older than me. She says, do not. I don't care what he did. I don't care what he said. I, I, I don't care. Do not. The word of God does not. Do not. When you need counsel, where will you ask for it? Will you ask your pastor? Will you ask a pastor? Will you ask somebody else? Or will you operate in the flesh? Do not. When somebody says, are you the kind of person somebody else can say to do not? Or will you be so filled with the fury and the anger that you will do whatever you want to do? Do not. I'm, 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 I'm too grown up for this these days. I'm too grown up. It's, I'm, I'm too old. It's, uh, this kind of lifestyle for 28 and 20. I'm too old for that. Just at that. You see, because the word of God does not say that except the people who are older. doesn't say that. Rather, it says that the older women should teach the younger women. And you know, you teach more by your behavior than by what you say. You will always teach more, including your children. You will always teach more by your, be your behavior than what you say. You, all of us, we teach much, much more by behavior than by what we say. As for saying, you can say a whole lot of things. That's why in this country they talk about walking the walk. After the, I mean, talk. Eh, we can all talk. By walking the walk, that's usually something. That costs something. That's where you have to not say uh, you, you, you need counsel after the fury. Because otherwise, you have the fury. You know, I think in the book, in, is it Macbeth? It says that a, a tale full of sound and fury signifying nothing. You know, a lot of us, our anger is like that. It's full of sound and fury. It signifies nothing. It is meaningless. It is valueless. It is useless. And most of the time, it's just a sign that a fall is coming our way. That's all that it is. A tale full of sound and fury signifying nothing. You shouldn't be known for foolish anger. 
When you are angry, even with your children, it doesn't end anymore. Hey, 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 hey. You shout sometimes ask myself, after all the shouting, I'm still cleaning the kitchen. What's the point? It's a tale full of sound and fury. It signifies nothing. And the boys know it. So when you are finished shouting, as they grow up, it signifies nothing. When you wake up, you will still clean the kitchen yourself. So sometimes you must show that if it is not clean, I will not cook in this kitchen. I don't know. I tell my sons, I don't cook in a kitchen that has, where the dishes have not been washed. So since the last time I cooked, if no washing up is done, I won't cook. I will not. Because, because in my house, I'm the only female in my house. And they will not. I mean, I said that they were, nowadays I see that uh, Michael said, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'll do it, I'll do it. The, 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 the kitchen will be clean. It won't be as clean as I want it, but it's better than where we used to be. The, the, some of the anger must, you know, achieve a result, a, a, a good result. Not that you have shouted and shouted and shouted. Because you see, children, everybody, as children grow up, when they're younger, they are a little, you know, it's like a little afraid of you. At the point where they are taller than you, I mean, there has to be <laughs> a reason why they are doing what they are doing. A tail full of, he says, after the fury, then he's asking for counsel. And all everybody, you see, first of all, don't even provoke the fury. Because as you have provoked the fury, you don't know who your spouse or your father or your boss is going to ask for the counsel. And maybe the person has it in for you already. Because this guy, I've seen the advice he gave about Vashti, he's been smiling at her all these years. Smiling, smiling, smiling at her all these years. Because if he was one of the main men in the house of God, he was one of the main people there. It must, it must mean that he had been smiling at her all these years. Uh -huh. But when advice is asked of him, he didn't say once, forgive her. He didn't say, no, 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 no. So don't we don't know who, that, who will be there to give the advice. Uh -huh. Advice, it comes from different quarters. So pray that in the day when advice is asked because you have, not, you have not behaved properly, pray that the person who is there to give the advice will be on your side. Pray hard. Oh. Mm. Because nobody is perfect all the time. So pray. Pray. It's something you pray about. Who... Who does, anybody who has authority over you? Who does my husband talk to? Who does my boss talk to? Who, anybody who has authority over you? People who don't have authority over you, it doesn't matter where their advice is coming from. It's air. Sometimes, sometimes we rather worry about those people. Nothing the person thinks about you is important. It doesn't change anything in your life. It doesn't put any food on your table. It doesn't put money in your bank account. Why do you care what the person thinks? But we are all like that. Sometimes we are so, um, what was the phrase again? Addicted to approval of it's, it's useless approval. Useless approval. Bishop puts it this way: If you are a singer in the lighthouse and you sing, and he likes your singing, you can easily get a full-time job like Ida. You can you sing what he wants you to sing. I recently, late Pastor Bidira was telling me, or not so not not so recently, that if we know what Ida has been through to be where she is, Ida is the lady who sings now wherever Bishop preaches in the world. And Lady Pastor Bidia was telling her, when she first, she came, there were three of them. Ida is the only person who survived. Because she had to change everything from the way she dresses on stage, how she carries herself. Everything had to change. Everything. I didn't mean, I, I, the first time I saw her was in, um, I said, what, what's that place called? Sandy Cove? Yeah, we went to one of these, um, it's been a while. I've forgotten which meeting it was. I think it was Moses and Associates. I think that was the first time I saw her because I hadn't been to homecoming for a while. And I remember asking LP Lily of blessed memory who she was because she, she knew who she was because she had been to ISI the previous year. And I didn't know who she was. 
Yeah, because suddenly, and, and BDR was telling me, she said, look, everything about hair had to change. They called the particular lady pastor. They said, he, the bishop said, you dress like hair. Anything you don't see her wearing means you cannot wear. Yeah. That's how she got to be where she is. Everywhere bishop, bishop is in Jamaica, she's there. Bishop is in, you see, if nobody can tell you what to do, nobody can tell you how to do it. Nobody can tell, you are a law, what they call in, in the English, English language, you are a law unto yourself. And you didn't even start in your 50s like some of us. You, you started a long time ago, a law unto yourself. And sometimes you have to look at your life and see how your life is going. Who do I listen to? And what do I, where am I? Get, because you see, the Bible says wisdom is justified of her children. I mean, wisdom is justified of her children. How my life is going? Is it working? Is, is it not working? Kofi, I'm confused, time-wise. I'm done? No, Kofi, Kofi is in charge of my time, not you. <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. Okay, so, so, so he's been angry. Then he calls for advice. Then as he has called for this advice, as he has called for this advice, he has called this man, and this man says that. Let's see the advice the man, the man gave him. And Memucan answered before the king and the princes. Verse 16. Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king. Queen Vashti, Queen Vashti has not only wronged the king, but also all the princes. And all the people who are in all the provinces of King Ahasuerus. For the queen's behavior will become known to all women so that they will despise their husbands in their eyes when they report. When they report, Kinaa Sirius commanded Queen Vashti to be brought in before him, but she did not come. This very day, the noble ladies of Persia and Media will say to all the king's officials that they have heard of the behavior of the queen. Thus, there will be excessive contempt and wrath. If it pleases the king, let a royal decree go out from him, and let it be recorded in the law the Persians and the Medes, so that it will not be altered, that Vashti shall come no more before King Ahasuerus, and let the king give her royal position to another who is better than she. That's the advice, easy advice that, you are, that he is going, that the king is taking. So you must pray for the people around anybody in authority, because everybody listens to someone. Everybody is listening to somebody. Pray that the person who has authority over you listens to God. Pray that they listen to the Holy Spirit. Pray for the, that the people around them are also like that. Because it's advice. And the king has taken it. He's happy to take it because you are annoying him. And he doesn't have the Holy Spirit. And so since he doesn't have the Holy Spirit, he's not Hosea. Hosea was a prophet. So if God tells him, marry a prostitute, he marries a prostitute. If the prostitute misbehaves, God says, forgive her. He forgives Hosea with the spirit of the Lord on the inside of him. This is not Hosea. This is not a prophet. This is not somebody with the spirit of God on the inside of them. So if he is told to put you away, to put you away he will get rid of you. He, he will get, it's, it's, a, it's a very easy thing for him to do. Very, very easy thing for him to do. One of the things Bishop says that has sunk into my heart over the years is that this country is one of the countries where there's a strong spirit of divorce. If you joke in this place, it doesn't matter how spiritual you think you are, you will be divorced. 
It's as simple as that. I, I believe it because I believe that Bishop is much more spiritual than I am. I, I mean, he's, he's been my spiritual father since I was a very young person. The day after I got to the University of Ghana, he was sitting in my room inviting me to a meeting and reading from the Bible. He's the first pastor I ever had like that. The day after I got there, Lady Reverend brought him to my, my roommate and I. He sat, I can, I, can, I can still see where he was sitting in the chairs across from our bed hold, holding a Bible. There's nothing that special about us. A lot of people go to campuses all over the world from strict homes. But you see, if nobody has a certain guidance and a certain pasturing of your life on a university campus, you can become what you never were before you stepped in there. For that, I am always grateful to the bishop. So since I think that he is my spiritual father, if he says, I don't know everything, if he says that America is one of the countries where there's a strong spirit of divorce, I take his word for it. I haven't seen a spirit of divorce. I just take it, bishop's word for it. And you can see, look around you. In this country, more than anywhere else I know, great men of God who even have been on TV, they get divorced. So in this country, it's not the kind of place to be in and think that I cannot get divorced. It's not, it's not that kind of place. It's not the kind of place to be in and think that because you pray in thanks sometimes, even it's not a lot. Like Elpi Anita was encouraging us in the first service to develop our inner man. Because I pray in thanks sometimes and I read the Bible. The devil is not afraid of such things. He's not afraid of such things. He's not afraid of such things. He's afraid of power. If so if you don't increase, your bishop has been talking about changing your level and changing your, you see, the, the power to deal with a situation. In front, so the enemy knows power and the enemy knows levels. If the enemy didn't know levels, the sons of Sceva, they would not have been asked by the evil spirit. says, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know. But you, who are you? You, who are you? Is that, and said, it wasn't because he, he, they didn't know they knew the man physically, but it's like the power in you is not, it's not, they're not afraid at all. Not afraid. It's a country with a very strong spirit of divorce. If you joke, people who have preached more than I have ever preached are divorced. There used to be a woman of God on television. Oh man, she could preach. I don't want to mention her name. I mean, I've never seen anybody able to run across the stage in six inch and seven inch shoes. She could preach, she could pray, she could, I mean, I have never seen anybody minister like that. Until the day she married, the ministry has died. Because marriage is often the place where ministries go to die on both sides. Ministry has died. I have never seen anybody preach like that. A woman preaching like that, she could wear the heels for hours. Her prayer meetings were like no other in this country. I mean, there, there, there used to be, in, when, I, when I was in the Newark band, there used to be this group of girls who had every DVD of hers. And back in the day, I don't even think it was DVD, I think it was videos. They had videos, they had anything, CDs, anything of hers. When she starts leading a prayer meeting, you cannot sleep. She's divorced. And since she got divorced, it has spoiled the ministry. If she had stayed single, I, a lot of us think it would have been better because she had a ministry before the marriage. The marriage has spoiled her testimony, spoiled everything. Because ministry often dies because of marriage. Yeah. Because suddenly she no longer had only God to please. You get what I'm saying? Suddenly she doesn't, didn't have only God to please. It's, it's a fine line to be both a married woman and a minister. It's a fine line. I saw this morning when Eugene saw me, I saw that he was shocked. 
this morning, my master has traveled. I did, and, I, and the boys were not coming. I just operating by myself. You, what you are saying is me by myself. Me by myself, I'm never late. Me by myself, I'm, I don't have any issues. For church, for the work of God, go and ask the people who have known me since I was 17 or 18. By myself, not one problem. Not one. Not one. Not one. Not one. You can buy Reverend the message. I don't mind. I say, I say it to him by myself. He, he said it himself not too long ago. Some Tuesday said, by my wife, by herself, by myself. No problem. Don't have to do anything. I just have to get me, myself, and I into the presence of God. It's not a problem. But life is not like that. I was the one who said, you have a choice. So if you choose to get married, then you have to navigate quite a few things. If he is here, I have to think, tonight, what will he eat? As I'm thinking tonight, what will he eat? Even getting here early is problematic. Again, because if he doesn't want to eat something old, then my coming here as early as I did this, but this tonight, I'm more worried about what the boys will eat at all. My reverend travels, I'm more worried about what the boys will eat. They can eat, they will, they can eat leftovers. They can say that they are going to buy pizza. He's the one. He, pizza, pizza is unhealthy food so long as he's concerned. He's not here. For the next 12 days, everybody can be happy. Everybody is happy. I'm just giving you just an example of what it is like. Everybody, all of us, we can all say that. But I say, life is not by yourself. There are always others around. That's why we learn from Esther. There's your spouse. There's your children. There's the people you're working with in church. There's the other church members. There are your co-workers. There are your relatives. Nobody is an island. You can't live by yourself. So you have to manage to do stuff that the, the word of God has asked you to do, whether you are by yourself or not by yourself. And those of you who are by yourself and who are in a hurry to go and join yourself to somebody else. Hey! That one too. Daughter, you have a choice. Hey, Marian, say amen. We are in a hurry. We are planning weddings. That's what the, the, the marriage, the, it comes after the wedding. Oh. The marriage, you can ask, ask all the wives. It comes after the wedding. The marriage comes after the wedding. After the wedding, after the colors. Whether it's plum, whether, nowadays they, they have colors that we all, Bishop, ask Bishop, Bishop said he hadn't heard of. I said, Me too, I'm a woman, I haven't heard of the colors. Nowadays they just don't say green and red and blue. No, Tiffany blue. Uh, give me more colors, more colors. Blue. blue. What are the colors? Emerald, Emerald green. Now it is the colors. After the colors, and then you will see. Real marriage. Real marriage. Real marriage. We will see whether you will sleep, whether you will wake up. Everything has somebody else has an opinion. It's not about colors. Has never been about colors. Will never be about colors. Will never be about colors. It will never be about your shoe. It will never be about anything. Real character has to come in. When uh, you wake up, you don't want to cook. You have to cook. You don't, want, you don't feel like cleaning up. You have to clean up. You don't feel like... I mean, uh, why should I work part-time? I don't feel like working part-time. I want to be work full-time. When you are there, character comes in. You will see why without the Spirit of God, it's easier to be like Vashti than to be like Esther. Right now, what I want to say to all of us is that next time you hear the story of Vashti being told, even if you are not a woman, just remember 
that the, the easier thing is to be like Vashti. Next week, God willing, we'll talk more about Esther and others because it's others we want to talk about. Because Esther was the person who remembered others. I want you, as we close um, this afternoon, I want you to think, just think about your life. Think about the Lord. Think about how good he has been to you. And pray for grace and favor in the sight of God. Great, I mean, and just pray for grace. Pray for favor in God's sight. In the sight of all who see you. Because you see, it's only the fool who says in his heart that there is no God. It's only the fool who says no without asking for counsel. You see, we want to say that we need you, God. We need you, Spirit of God. We need you, Spirit of God. We need your spirit so we can be humble. We need your spirit so that we can move on. We need your spirit so that we can grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need your spirit, Lord. We need your grace to be humble like Esther. We need your grace to be obedient. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This, this afternoon. We hope you've been blessed. For copies of this message or other such messages, please write to us at tapesandpublications at yahoo.com.